Thank you for joining us today. Um, I'd like to encourage you. There's two things I wanted to share. One is you may not know that uh, my book is on uh, uh, CDs where you can put them in your car because we heard about people driving an hour, hour and a half to work, an hour, an hour and a half home again. And if you wanted to listen to something, uh, they've put it on the book. The second thing I'd like to share with you, if you have our app on your cell phone, I would encourage you to go on there and watch a new video that was just put on. I, to me, I think it's wonderful. And the video is by Chris Hodges, and it's Choosing Joy. So if you're going through a hard time and you're kind of discouraged or down, I think that uh, app, and that message will be a blessing. It's one of the best, I think, that I, I've heard him do, and he does wonderful messages. Uh, I've been blessed by him a lot, but this one is extremely, really helpful because as, as things get, seem to get darker and darker as far as the news go and you know what you're hearing and all, how do I stay joyful? It's just like in the shooting here at this school or shooting at the mall or whatever. So you may want to go there. Well, today we want to look at thinking. And we also have put a, a download of, of, of uh, one pager for you afterwards that uh, is a real blessing. We've passed it out for years to our counselees. And it's called, Do You Hear What You're Thinking? And we'll talk about that a little later. But that's available, too, that you can download that. Uh, or just read it on the web and see what you think. We want to go today, we're talking about dangerous thinking. And, um, you know, often we don't hear what we're thinking. It's, it's amazing. It's just like kind of goes on and I'm just not really connected to what I'm thinking or whatever. But we want to talk about dangerous thinking in the, and we're in a warfare series. So this will be a spiritual warfare message. I want you to go, if you have a Bible, to Isaiah 14. Uh, some of you have Bibles that are, are listening. If not, just jot that down. And I want to um, read uh, this statement, uh, these verses, uh, 12 uh, through 14. And it's about Satan. And a good question is asked. It says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? So the question you may have asked, Satan was an angel, a very important angel. And he fell. Now, what was his sin? What, what, what did he do? What was wrong? Uh, you know, how did he fall? Why did he fall? And he goes on and he tells us uh, why God kicked him out of heaven as, a, as a, a, a place to always be. He can go up and down, but he can't stay there. Okay, verse 13, for thou hast said in thine heart. Now that is a wonderful truth because uh, Proverbs says in 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart or says in his heart, so is he. It's a good verse. And what did Satan say 
that caused God to remove him from his presence. Thou hast said in thy heart, and there's going to be four I wills. And uh, these I wills, each one are significant, but the one that we're going to kind of focus on is the last I will. But the first, Satan said, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Second one, I will also sit upon the mount of the congregation in the north, in the sides of the north. Then the third one is in 14. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And here it is, the last I will, devastating I will. I will be like the most high. And most high is one of the names for God is El Elyon. And that means the God who um, is the, the sovereign controller of heaven and earth. Now, what was Satan saying? He said, God, you can run heaven, but you can't run me. The final authority in my life will be me. And I will decide if I agree with you, I'll go with it. If I disagree with you, I'll go my own way. And so this became a self-centered philosophy that I'm the final authority, and Satan is selling that philosophy to mankind today. And I think today we're probably buying it more than ever before. People are buying into that, this self-centered um, philosophy. And we want to look at that. What happens, or what do we call this self-centered philosophy because when are you most like Satan? Not when you are doing something wrong. It's when you set yourself up to be the final authority in your life. Then the choices will be maybe not what God would want at all. Choosing against God, choosing against his word. Okay, so we want to look at that. So it's building life around myself. If I build life around myself, what is that? What do we call it? Well, we would say that means the person is self-centered. And do you know that children are born self-centered? You have to teach children to share. I mean, we had four. They were all wonderful. Oh, because some are watching. So, oh, yes, my daughters and son were just absolutely the best ever. But don't touch my stuff. Hi, he's got my thing. You, you, if you had kids, you know that. You know, they, they just take ownership. And use, if I don't say you can touch my stuff, leave. Well, anyway, so that philosophy is where we are today. Our culture today is more self-centered, I think, than ever before. It's, it's in your face all the time. Now, what do we call it? And we want to go there. I want you to go. To Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, and you may want to write these verses down so that um, you can go back and look at them because they're important verses, um, but Proverbs 6, 16, and 17, 
uh, it says these six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Now, hate is strong. Abomination is the strongest word in the Old Testament. It, it, there isn't a word that, that is make it work. I mean, I, I really, really, really hate it. Uh, abomination covers that. <laughs> There's a, it's a bottom line. That's it. So what is on this list? See, we talked about this before when you go through the Bible and study it, that often lists are very significant. Uh, you know, the, the Beatitudes, the fruit of the spirit, um, you know, God gives lists. Well, this is one of those lists. And so in the lists, what God put first, he meant to be first. So you see God's priority of thinking. You want to know God's priority of thinking, go to the lists in scripture. And you'll, as you get lists minded, you'll run across a lot of lists. So, oh yeah, that's a list. That's a list. Uh, okay. What's the first thing on God's abomination list? And that is a proud look even more than a liar that second uh but a proud look pride on the kisser if there's a proud look the idea is that the the pride is so strong it's just obvious you just see it that pride and pride is what pride is the the middle letter of pride is the key to the definition of pride it's i see and so it's, this is what I want. This is what I see. I know God says this, but this is what I think. Uh, you know, Jesus can't be the only way to heaven. There's got to be another way. That's prideful. He is the only way. You know, if you want to get there, I'll tell you, um, there's a lot of philosophies out there, uh, and most of them are a bus that goes the other direction. So I wouldn't jump on them. You know, if Jesus Christ is not the way to God and to heaven, I'm sorry, it's not right. He is the only way. So pride is an abomination to God. And to get alone with God, because pride, as we said, is so normal. It's me building life around. This is what I want. Um, and, you know, and it, it, we exercise it. I go into a restaurant and then they can, you know, if give you a menu, there's, I look down the menu. There's a lot of things I don't want. I don't want asparagus wrapped in bacon or whatever. Uh, there's certain things I really don't care about. Uh, I know I have a daughter in Connecticut, and uh, you can't pay me to swallow an oyster. I mean, ugh. <laughs> but if you like them, great. But you go down the list and you choose. Well, life is full of that. We're going to make choices. I will make the choices. But I need to make the choices under the guidance of God. The Holy Spirit wants to guide me. And not just with the seeing of your eyes. It can look like a good deal. It can really look right. But it isn't right. And that's, that's where uh, you need to take things and to develop a prayer life. And say, God, what do you want me to do? Um, you know, how many people rushed into some big financial deal that's going to save them a lot of money 
and it went bottoms up and they lost everything. Uh, did they pray about it? Did they ask God? God knows. Uh, I'm not telling you that about you need to make lots of money, but I'm just saying that um, pray about what you do. Let the spirit of God guide you. Don't be the final authority in your life. And when you're making a major decision, ask God to give you signs that you're doing the right thing. And it's amazing. You get a note in the mail. Someone may call you on the phone. It's just what you needed to know. They don't see it. You tell somebody, you know, I know I'm supposed to do this because so-and-so called me. So what's the big about that? Well, it's the timing of it and what they said and what I was praying about. So the Holy Spirit can lead you. Our, our secretary is going to a church that is uh, on the cutting edge here in Sioux City, and they're at a crossroads. They're going to have to get a new pastor. That's not easy, you know, because I've known where they got a new pastor because he was handsome and, you know, had real slick, and uh, the church almost came to nothing. You know, this most important choice a church can make is who's going to be the leader. Who does God want to lead our flock and so on? And choose for the right reasons, not for the wrong reasons. Okay, so pride and arrogancy, both are expression of one sin. And it's a sin, it's an inward sin that's expressed outwardly. It's a sin that people can't see until they're around you. And then all of a sudden it becomes very, very obvious that uh, it, and it's first on God's hate list or abomination list. And there's, you couldn't make the list any stronger than abomination. Okay. You say, well, that's okay. That, that's just a verse. Now we're going to look at a lot of a verses here <laughs> that will help you that when something is important, God repeats it again and again. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you understand? Because what was Satan's sin? God, you can run heaven, but you can't run me. The final authority in my life is me. And I become self-centered. And when we're there, we're in trouble. We become an abomination to God. See, I've been bought with a price. I'm not my own. And I am to glorify God in my body and in my choices and so on. So go to Proverbs 13, chapter 10. And we're going to see a lot of the consequences of pride. Why God said this is so devastating. He said only, only by pride. Only by pride comes contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. See, that's a good verse to use. I used it with my wife when she contended with me. I said, it's only by pride. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm just teasing. Uh, you know, when there is contention... Where's my pride in it? Yeah, you have to take stands. I'm not saying you don't take stands, but you want to be sure a stand you're taking, you've been led by God. And there are, if we don't take stands in America today, we're in trouble. There's got to be people willing, especially people that are, are in my mind, willing to lose an election because they've taken stands that are not popular. And you go down, where would the church be? Look at Luther. Was he was that a popular stand that he took? Well, they tried to kill him for it. You know, and so 
history changed with one man taking a stand. Uh, and so we need people that are willing to take a stand because they know it's right, not because I'm right. That's prideful. I'm right. you got to listen to me. But remember, when you see contention, um, I want to share this. It just came from my mind. I hadn't planned on it. I was asked to, when I was going to Bible college, and we had a couple of kids at that time, and we moved to a little town closer to where the Bible school was. And I was asked, I'm not going to tell you the denomination of the church, but I was asked to be a deacon. Well, I'd never been a deacon in church before. So I probably got pretty prideful. Here I am, just a Bible college student, and I get to be a deacon. So, so I deacon in this church, and I went to the first business meeting. And that business meeting, I can't tell you how awful it was. People were yelling. People were crying. And I, I left the church. Uh, I didn't leave God, but I left the church. I'm going, I can't believe. See, it was all a pride thing, and it was absolutely horrible. I mean, there, there are people belong to clubs that the people treat each other better than they were treating each other in church. You know, one woman would yell, another woman, the woman would stand up sobbing and saying something. It was, I can't tell you how awful it was. It was just a full of pride and Satan was loving it because he was going to bring down that church because it, it was so awful because there was contention. And so when, when you have to take a stand, be sure it's because you're standing for what's right and with God and in a godly attitude. But if it's in a biting mode and I have to win and all, pride is the bottom of it and God hates it. God may like what you're standing for, but doesn't like how you're standing. And Satan would love you to do what's right with the wrong motives. And then everybody re reacts. I'm sure that what well, one of these ladies was more than ladies, but just happened to be two ladies that really lost it really so bad that one of both of them wanted what was right, but how they went about it was horrible. Okay, let's go on to another one. Proverbs. Uh, let's see. Proverbs. Did I skip one? 11.2. Did I skip that? Messed up. Yes. Sorry, I skipped Proverbs 11.2. I jumped down too much. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes then comes shame but with the lowly or the humble is wisdom so pride will bring you to shame and pride will bring contention uh but i'm telling you if you're hoping for a good verse on pride i'm sorry i don't have one in my bible i could write one at the end of, of proverbs but there isn't it's so destructive um okay proverbs uh, 1310. Did we look at that one? Yeah, that's the one only by pride comes contention. The next one is Proverbs 15:25. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. When I read that, that really frightened me. Because I knew I had a lot of pride in my life, and I have children. And he's not talking about a tornado. 
or fire. He's talking about a family. The Lord will destroy the family, because that's what the house stood for, of the proud. But he will establish the border of the widow. So, and I begin to think often, you know, like with the kids, you do this because I said so. You know, the I and me and that kind of stuff. And I begin to look at that. And this really got to me. Now, I don't know if our kids remembered. I can't remember because I've done this different ways. But whether I met with each one individually and asked their forgiveness for being prideful or whether at a you know, time where we're having devotions, I mentioned that. But I saw it. It was wrong. Uh, it's not necessarily the issue is wrong. It's how I did the issue. That was what was wrong. And uh, I needed to, I didn't want God to, to, because of my pride, see our house go down. Because God says it will go down. Pride destroys a house. Uh, in some homes, the dad is always right. You don't dare not be, you don't dare not agree or you're in trouble. Okay. Um, Proverbs 16, 5. This one ought to be um, a verse you memorize. Everyone. Uh, I wonder if it really means everyone. Maybe usually or whatever. No, God is very strong here. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And remember, that is the strongest word in the Old Testament. And so pride is not you know, uh, we 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 um, a church will discipline a person because of their wrong choice. They wanted to do this, and what they did is on the church's list of bad. But did they go down to what's the really issue? The guy of the believer decided that he would choose what's right and wrong for him. That is just a simple uh, uh, a symptom of pride. We, we, need, we need to get down there. Uh, look beneath. Yes, we're all going to make choices. But I need to really deal with this pride thing. You know, at the end of this, you ought to be praying and saying, God, if there's pride in my life, put your finger on it. I got to see it. Because pride is what? Natural. You remember we said you don't teach children to be prideful. Uh, you have to teach them not to be and to share and whatever. Uh, you know, kids will cry to get their way uh, when they're real little. And um, we're going to look at Proverbs 28, 25. He that is of a proud heart stirs up strife. So when you see strife in any organization or in a family, what do you know? Underneath, there's a pride issue there. It's not that there aren't issues that families have to deal with and pray and so on. Uh, but we're looking at this thing of pride and how when I want to go into a pride mode. That's when I most like Satan. 
I've got to see it. it is a very devastating and it's a very natural thing to want my way and things to go the way I want it to go. The last one here is um, Proverbs 29, 23. A man's pride will bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble of spirit. And that is a very wonderful uh, promise to keep because if I don't deal with pride, it's going to take me down. So I'll humble myself before the Lord and cry out to him. Now, let's see the importance. So how do I get rid of pride? Well, there's a lot of scriptures, but we don't have a lot of time for that. But let's go to the book of James. James, uh, the book wasn't named for me, but it's one of my favorite books. Uh, and in here, it talks about in James chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 6, 7, and 8. There's, it's a little warfare here and a little victory verse. Uh, I love this. Um, it's one of my, James 4 is, is one of my favorite chapters. Um, but verse 6, you say, yeah, I'm going through this trial. I'm going through this. What does God say? So he says, the first thing I need is humility. See, so he tells us, to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift us up. You know, God, without you, I can't do this. God, I need you. Um, you know, just crying out to God, you need to do that. But let's go to the beginning of this. Of this. We'll go to verse 6. Verse 6, you know, as we're going through life, it's in the word but there's, again, memories of those are wonderful verses. Um, Wonderful scriptures, you know, but God giveth more grace. There's always more grace. Whatever you're going through, there's always more grace. And grace is the empowering of God to help me to make right decisions. I don't know what decisions you have to make because often I can make the decisions which I feel are the best or look like the best, but that can be pride. It's just, I'm, I, it's for me rather than Lord, what should we do here? Lord, show me the way to go. Show me what I ought to do, you know? And I don't care what you're going through. There's always more grace. We were saved by grace. We're kept saved by grace. And by grace, we're going to get that. And so God pours out that empowering for us to make right choices. But what happens is if I don't ask God for grace to make right choices, look what the rest of the verse says. It's really not a... It says, God resists the proud. If I, boy, because I'm taking my stand with the enemy. When I pray and go to a prayer time with God, shut the door to my quiet place and so on, I should ask God, search my heart. Is there pride there? I need to get rid of it. Because God is not listening. God is not listening to a proud man's prayer. He's not going to answer it. I should put it that way. But he says, but he gives that grace to those who ask him for it. And then he goes, the next verse seven is submit yourselves therefore to God. And from the place of submission, 
resist the devil and he will flee. This is wonderful warfare. If you're a Christian and you're being constantly, constantly defeated, then I would say, Lord, show me what's pride in mine. Why don't I have that power? See, and it's the Lord wants to bring me again and again and again to the end of self. You know, life doesn't revolve around me. Um, and so, you know, some of the, the neatest people that I pastored or neatest people we've counseled and people that have come into my life were not those who were sickening humble, but people who were really humble before the Lord, just trusting him, looking to him, uh, trying to live as best they can to honor him and their choices and so on. And from that place of submission, resist the devil and the promises he will flee from you. And if you've been resisting, he's not going. Remember, when you have pride, you are like the enemy. And it's not going to work. And then he said, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Uh, double-minded man wants God's will, but wants to do his own thing too. And I've got to deal with that. And then he says, be afflicted and mourn. Weep, let your mourning be turned into joy. And, um, and your joy to heaviness, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. See, humbling yourself is, is having, a, I think, a correct view of who you are. And being willing to lay down before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your strength. Uh, there's no way you can wrestle the enemy and win if you don't deal with pride. And the Holy Spirit can point to you and show you if there's a point of pride in your life that you're not willing to let go of. And I think probably one of the things I've seen so much with good people is pride is a reputation. Their reputation is so important to them. Uh, now, it's God's reputation. And I'm a representative of God. And am I giving people a clear picture of what God looks like? And I can't if I am full of pride because that's the enemy. Remember that. This is a very important. Then you're thinking. See, Satan never said that out loud. He thought it in his heart. So uh, we can't go into it, but that's why you have the handout. It's automatic thinking. You, do you, you don't hear what you're thinking, and you're thinking a lot. And he uses the illustration of riding a bike. When I first rode a bike, I fell off. I had to think about pedaling and stopping and balancing and all of that. And I can jump on the bike. I used to ride a lot in the Northwoods, jump on a bike and ride for miles. And I never thought about balancing, braking. It just, but it was going on up here. It's going on up here, automatic thinking. And the, when you go to bed with wrong thinking, you're going to have a terrible night and you're going to wake up tired in the morning because the mind keeps going, even though I'm not aware of it. Father, we just thank you for pointing out Satan's thinking. What he said, he never said it out loud, but it was in his heart. And Lord, may I realize that what's in my heart and my attitudes 
are far more important than what I say. And so, Lord, search our hearts. And, Lord, at the point of pride, Father, give us your grace to confess it and to let go of it and turn from it, that you would be glorified in our homes, uh, Lord, at work, in our lives, and at church. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night.